tip. Good afternoon. It is April 25th, 2022. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Limnos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? There was a pretty big purchase made today. Elon Musk, after a couple of weeks of uh, some possibility, officially purchased Twitter. He purchased it for just under 44 million, or excuse me, 44 billion, that's billion with a B. Uh, he's the main guy. I'm sure that he has uh, other other investors. I've watched billions, so I pretty much understand this now. You know, watching some succession, I know how billionaires operate. Uh, you know, this is very complicated. You know, I don't want to, you know, get you bogged down in the details. But with that sort of uh, sort of uh, of a purchase, I, I was just, you know, you, you hear that number, 44 billion. Like, how do I kind of contextualize this? Well, to give you an idea, if you took that sort of money, you would be able to buy the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Yankees, the New York Knicks, FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, Golden, the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the New England Patriots, and would still have plenty of billions of dollars left over. Now, if you had $44 billion, what kind of purchase do you think you'd make? <laughs> I don't think I'd buy Twitter. Twitter just seems like a lose-lose situation here. Who really wants to be in charge of all of this? It's it's a, it was great when it it had an era where it was great, and I think that era has passed, and the era it's in now is just not very fun. It's a very mean and nasty world out there. Is is my thoughts on Twitter right now? Uh, I will say though, there is something about just the responsiveness. It's a it's a quick feedback. If something happens in a sporting event specifically, this is where I use it the most, and I need a replay. And I know there's no chance in the world they're going to show this replay. Chances are, if I look it up on Twitter, someone else is thinking just like me and has already posted it. So that's kind of the advantages I see of that. But uh, I've never tried to grow our Twitter following. I I don't know if that's necessarily uh, something we should have been striving to do as a podcast uh, host here. But I I don't know. I mean, what what changes do you want from Twitter? Like, do you think anything's going to happen here or this is just a fun billionaire acquisition? He has come out and said... He's got different features that he would like to uh, to implement. He wants to get rid of the rid of the bots. He wants to uh, implement a an an, ed- an edit button. Uh, and he wants to. I think he, he wanted to authenticate people. So similar. I, I don't know. If Facebook is still this way, but I know kind of early on, if you wanted to get on Facebook, you kind of had to prove that you were a real person. And Twitter kind of has a problem of there's just a lot of bots and a lot of anonymity, and just just to make sure you you said you know it's a you know it's a it's a cruel and nasty place out there and I, I think it can be on Twitter but then I think sometimes it's well you have these these troll farms and the whole idea is to kind of stir up drama and get people people riled up and I'm sure there, there are actual people doing it but if you kind of have to put at least some sort of name to it maybe, maybe you uh you act a little more 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 appropriately so it, it's been interesting to hear the responses. Because I, I kind of thought it would have been like, who, who who really cares? You know, there's a bunch of rich people that own it, and now this other rich guy with different rich people are going to own it. Uh, I suppose, you know, Elon is the richest man in the world, but, you know, there's been a kind of different sides of he's going to revolutionize uh, free speech, and this is going to be awesome, and then other people go into the, well, once Elon buys it, I will not be on Twitter anymore. I'm going to Instagram, or <laughs> you're going wherever. Anyone who any, I very much agree with you that go ahead. I was just gonna say anyone who's a user now and thinks that they're not gonna be a user after this is lying to themselves. You're you're addicted to this at this point. They're, you're not gonna make a change because of something like this. And if it was a change, this was something you were hoping to do, and you're just looking for an excuse to pin it on. If you're there's no way you're gonna be able to just go cold turkey on this. I don't think you can just just cut it out. If this is something you're using for your form of entertainment, your form of news, possibly your form of inter, uh, communication with others, uh, as well as I don't know, social knowledge. I, I don't know what else uh, you can capture from all of it, but I, I don't know if, if that's what you're using for all of that. I think you'd have a tough time replacing it. I mean, there's definitely alternatives, but it, it is something you could learn, but I, I think that's a bigger adjustment in your day-to-day schedule than someone's just going to do. So I, I don't think it's going to be that drastic of a change. It doesn't, like, I'm not going to go become a user either right now. Like, I don't feel like I'm enticed enough to be like, oh, Elon owns it. Like, the, the bots will be get fixed and and then, then I'll use Twitter now. I don't. I, I still don't think I'll be making the adjustment here. But I, it's it's news. It, it it could be a change. I mean, the amount of users on there that if this if this shifts and makes a change within that many lives, like that's like a worthy change. I think mentioning on the podcast. So I, I do think it's still news. 
I just it's 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 it's, it's definitely news. I I I agree with you that I don't know how much it it, it really changes things, but his like when crazy stuff happens. Twitter is the spot to be. It's definitely where I get the majority of my news. But you have the um, the, the the Chris Rock Will Smith incident. Like Twitter is where all the jokes are going off immediately. Uh, anytime something in the NBA is happening, where you, you know you don't you aren't getting the replay on TV, it, it's it'll be on Google. Like you can Google it and maybe find it maybe like the next day. But if you're looking for something that happened minutes ago. Twitter's really the only spot you can go, at least at least for me, that I've found reliably that you know. You could just Google, you, I call it Googling it, but you go on Twitter and you search it, and it's going to pop up. Just, <laughs> yep, here it is. Like, whether it's wild or it's like, hey, do you see that dunk? No, no, oh, the National Re- let, let me go find it, and somebody will have screen recorded it, or even, you know, just the, I'm going to old school video on my phone, my TV, but at least you'll be able to see it and, I'm interested to see what happens, how it uh, impacts the numbers. Uh, some of it too is, was it worth paying this much money or would you have been better off trying to create your own social media platform? It's definitely harder, but I'm just concerned with anything social media and the internet. It seems like it happens so fast. You know, Yahoo was at the top, AOL was at the top, and then the next bigger and better thing came in and somebody got left holding the bag. <laughs> you know, the guys that bought Yahoo didn't work out so well. And I just wonder if, you know, in five to 10 years, we've all moved to whatever the next Facebook, Twitter, whatever app is. And it's just kind of like, Oh yeah, that's right. I remember using Twitter and yep. Yep. My, uh, you know, my, my, my aunts still use it, but you know, I, I haven't been on there in years. <laughs> I, I think we, we might be getting there with Netflix right now. They, they may be shifting. I think this is the first year they've lost subscribers. I mean, they're still, an incredibly successful uh, you know streaming service i don't think they're something gonna be crashing anytime soon but it, it is i think the first oh, time dude, they already crashed at I, least their stock okay sure but i i still think as as uh as non-investors i, I think we were, we could safe, safely count on some content continuing to come out is, is more of what i'm saying like it's not going to disappear Oh, okay i see what you're saying because i would say they their, their stock has crashed pretty good after you uh you know you mentioned the the numbers of subscribers going down for the first time. Uh, but since uh, the beginning of the year, the stock is down after today at it's down 65%. So that's pretty, uh, right, pretty that, drastic, but I agree. I don't think it's like the crash of like the absolute end. But you know, that's another one where we may look back at that and we might be looking back at it right now. Like this is probably happening right in front of our eyes. I mean, you look at some of the awards that came out this year. Coda wins movie of the year. I mean, I, gets, we don't need to put a whole lot of value on all this, but the, the the fact that Apple TV is the one that came out with that, and that Apple Apple doesn't care about their streaming service. Like, why would they care about? It? They make so much money on so many other things that this was just something they could offer and compete in, and and they won an award for it. I just said, if you're Netflix and you're 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 basically going at this full time, it, it it's just it's worth mentioning that, that something like that happened. That there weren't competitors like that years ago and now there are and, and i think that's really starting to have a huge effect on on everyone and there's just a, a huge amount of options I'm, yeah i'm not willing to uh to write them off uh just ju- just just yet but it wasn't that long ago that it was netflix that was it you want to watch funny videos you went to to youtube but if you wanted any sort of tv or movies it was netflix you didn't want to leave to go out and rent a dvd you know that, that's a little more more longer uh, ago then hulu kind of came on but it was still it was netflix they had all the things and basically everyone has just kind of brought everything back in-house rather than sell it to netflix and they're just so there's so many options now it's just a plethora and i've been seeing a lot of the jokes uh you know for a while of you know what if uh all these streaming services were just put together into one package you could pay for it's <laughs> What a what a wild idea! I wonder if they've ever done that before. We and should we is, should reinvent is, that. Yeah, is yeah. It's like maybe the best way to stream or to have content, is, you know, entertainment content is bundled TV uh, packages and theatrical releases. Where just we kind of had this system that worked for a while. We've gone away from it, and it's like, wait, are we just going right back into this? I mean, that doesn't seem like a ridiculous 
outcome either. I mean, th- th- that has to go through cycles of being like, well, we will love the customization of it. And then it's like, well, we're not really getting a deal. And I feel like I'm buying all of them anyways. So if you kind of put them all together and I pay a little bit less, then, then, then yeah, that kind of fits me. I think the idea of it, of the, the problem with all of it, at least you have some advantage of being able to pick and choose now, is that the, the package you always got offered, even with cable, was like it came with like 70% of the stuff you didn't want just so you can get 10% of the thing you only could get if you upgraded. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I just wanted the sports package. I didn't need, you know, 50 other channels that play music. That, that, that I don't need that. That wasn't an option I, I wanted or really cared about. But you gave me like 500 initial channels because I, and I just wanted NBA TV. Like, I just wanted one channel. I just... That's the only thing I wanted. I do hope, though, that the, the embracement of all the streaming services, specifically in sports, that we could just get rid of these blackouts at some point. Like, like when do we get there where that's just moved on? Because that's that's like the real bummer right now. Where if you're if you're not a cable user and you don't have the local channel, there there's, there's multiple situations where you're just un, unable to watch the the game, and like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Because I live in this region and I don't have the basic cable f- to watch the the local channel, I I can't stream it legally stream it like you're, you're forcing me you're forcing me into poor poor alternatives is, is really my situation here so yeah uh, it's just uh th- that that needs to become that needs to just get fixed I, because that can't be the I only gotta one imagine with the, the 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 next iteration or, or so with the streaming services getting involved with the the major sports markets and it's not just espn and nbc and cbs and the the, the main players of now Amazon's getting involved. Maybe Netflix says, Hey, you know what? Maybe this is where we start throwing some of our money. Uh, you know, we're going to have, you know, you don't get Monday night football, but maybe it's, Hey, we have a one o'clock Sunday game. If you want to watch it, you got to be on, on Netflix and, and getting to that. Hey, this is no longer regional. This is national. It is international. There's no such thing as blackouts anymore. You could, you could be outside the stadium. You want to watch the game? Go for it. You're paying the money. I don't understand why those local channels don't have apps as well. Like, all right, so I can't stream it through the main channel, the, the commercial ESPN channel, because you want me to watch it on the local channel, or vice versa, whatever the reason for the blackout is. Just give me an option to, to watch it. <laughs> it's truly really all I'm asking for. Uh, but you know what? I did watch a lot of games. Definitely up late last night watching some games. We do have some award announcements here between, uh, I don't know if Rookie of the Year was out the week before, uh, but Defensive Player of the Year was announced, and you know, let's just talk about that actually real, real quick while we're at it. Marcus Smart, he did it, man. He won. I I bet my uh, I didn't bet on him. I don't. Th- did you pick him last time? Did did I? Was that the only one who picked uh, the guy the guy in Phoenix? Uh, oh, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> uh, was it Bridges? That's it. <laughs> yeah, Mikael. Mikael. Uh, so I that's who I thought was going to win Defensive Player of the Year, and and I don't think there was really a bad option here. But man, uh, Marcus coming out and getting the W. I really feel like now we we have some some recognition on this team that it's like all the years of being a real pest. It's finally paid off when he he got the award. Uh, was the only second guard to ever win this before? No, no, not not the second guard, but he's the first guard since Gary Payton won in the 1995-96 season. So it's been quite a long time since a guard has won. Yeah, that seems somewhat bizarre, but I'm I'm happy it went to him. I, I really have been incredibly impressed by the Celtics. So we can talk about them right now. They're up three nothing. They played tonight, so this is going to be a bit of an old news podcast. But going into tonight, I mean, there's there's a ton of pressure on on I guess on Brooklyn, but it's really a matter of whether or not they're going to lay down or not. It's it doesn't really sound like anyone's betting on them to win a three zero series. It's never happened before. They've kind of had opportunities to win all three of these games and have just failed at the end, which you could argue, you know, three of those games could have went somewhere else. They, they, they could have easily won any of them, but they didn't. And the way they lost them just seems like a fixable thing that they can't figure out. And if you ask me, it keeps going right back to that lack of chemistry on this team where they really haven't played together and they haven't played in these sort of intense situations. Versus I look at the Celtics. I mean, this team's played together it, past five years i mean with horford out there and tice back out there grant williams is there like this is outside of just pritchard and uh and and uh white from that we traded for this is just a really good chemistry team that we all seem on the same page we don't seem scared of anybody we're, we're playing incredible defense the the rotation and the the way we're able to switch on and off of people is <laughs> it's it's really it's really fun to watch I, I i stand by that these are the two best teams left in the in the, the whole playoff at this point, I think. And it's, I think the Celtics got a really good shot at winning something here. I mean, what 
you think we're going to be able to close it out tonight, or or do you really want to just talk about the past three games before you get in trouble because the game happens tonight? <laughs> yeah, immediately. I I would like to 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 close it out. That'd be nice, but it, it'll be tricky because if the Nets come out swinging, I could see us coming out with you know a little bit flat, a little uh, like you know what, we could just play them again later in the week at home and we, we can end this. No team has ever come back from being down down 3-0, so you might you know let your guard down down a little bit. It, they still do have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving out there, so pretty pretty good players. But I think my biggest takeaway, definitely from from last game, is Jason Tatum is a superstar, man. I've been hearing talks about it; it's been getting closer. But in that game, he just did whatever he wanted, and I've seen him do that for flashes. But it seemed like last game, it was just I am the guy. When I saw him get it, it wasn't, uh, I wonder if he's going to score. Uh, is he going to try to drive? And, you know, he gets the ball hit off his leg. It's like he is just going to punish whoever is on him, and he's going to score, and wherever on the court, he's going to figure it out. And it, it was oh, it was a lot of fun on, on Saturday night. It, the consistency of his games, I mean, he, he's had some bad quarters, but overall you look at the whole game, it's like, wow, Tatum, Tatum's just having runs. I mean, Brown as well. I don't know what the real solution is for Brooklyn. It, it feels like we're forcing them. We're, they're putting all the chips on Bruce Brown, and he's kind of showed up, and we're, we're almost daring them. Like, like, all right, all right, cool. Bruce Brown, try and beat us on your own. And he, he's actually done a pretty good job. I mean, I, I've been impressed by the amount of opportunities he's gotten, and he keeps making that floater and those open threes. But other than that, I mean, it really doesn't seem like they've gotten a whole lot of help from everything. I mean, if you're going to tell me, that you're going to be really psyched and really, really ecstatic that Blake Griffin came in and hit two threes in a row for you, and that's what you were counting on from him, and that's what it was going to take to win that game. You got you got bigger problems because that's not that should be like the the six point lead when you're up twelve that you, you push it eighteen, not like the essential six to keep you in the game. Like, like I don't understand the, this energy of Blake Griffin bringing it all. It's like oh, you're the rest of the team is dead. Like you should you're in panic mode. You're playing Blake Griffin at this point, so. I don't know what the real answer is here. I, I think Nash is certainly on the hot seat. Now, I, I don't know if that's fair because the situation he's been in over the past couple of years on paper sounded ideal, but in the reality was was extremely difficult between the Kevin Durant injury, the Kyrie stuff this year, the the trade for Harden, the, the ending up with Simmons who just hasn't played and is not going to play. I, I really don't even want to yeah, talk what, about that. What is, yeah, what, what is going on there? Why did they come out and say – we think he's going to, we think he's going to play like he might play game three. And then it was, Nope, he's making his debut game four. And they said it before game three. And so it's like, why, why, why say anything? Why, why not? Why say anything until you absolutely have to, like it comes out right now. Like Simmons is out there warming up. You know what? He's on a minutes restriction, but he's going to play. So he has to deal with like, he doesn't even have to deal with the media beforehand because th- nobody knows. But now we had to deal with it the whole time. Before game three, uh, I saw multiple uh, nets. Uh, I think Steve Nash got asked. I saw, I think it was, maybe it was Patty Mills or, or Bruce Brown getting asked, hey, uh, can you tell us what's going on with Ben Simmons? And they all did the, uh, I, I don't really know. And so then it comes out uh, today, it was today or yesterday. Nope. Nope. He woke up, his back's not feeling well. He's not going to play in game four. So... I feel like you're putting pressure on him, and now now I wonder, was it intentional? Was it, hey, you seem ready to go. Like, we are, as the team are going to put this out here to put a little pressure on you to say, hey, are you going to play or not? Well, they absolutely lose the trade because he's not playing still. I mean, I don't know if Harden is the Harden they intended on getting in Philly, and even if he ends up not being that, it's still a guy that's at least playing versus a guy that's not playing. And... And both guys are asking for money, and that's that's the crazy part about all of this is that he's he's just set him he just set himself up so poorly each step of the way here. There there was an easy solution. He could have came in, played two minutes last game, acted injured, even if he didn't have injured. A back injury is something I don't think anyone will buy. And he could have looked stiff. He could have just looked awkward out there. He just could have played poorly. But he just had to make a debut, and he should have made it last game for two minutes, five minutes in the first quarter. No, I I don't I don't think so. Who else would you be bringing back? Hasn't played for a year. What, like, I think as a fan, if we had uh, an all-star, an all-NBA guy, and ooh, like he could come back. 
you know, we're, we're down 2-0, but, you know, we're, we're coming home. All we got to do is win the two home games. This is a, you know, best of, best of three series. Let, let's do it. But as the team, you got to think maybe, like, I don't know, maybe you go like the, you know, the Zion route of, eh, he's not going to, you know, he's out indefinitely. But you don't say like, oh, yeah, he's going to play. And it's like, I don't think he's going to be able to contribute. He hasn't played in a year, and now you're going to bring him into a playoff game where for we're just beating the crap out of Kevin Durant. You don't think we're going to do the same thing to him? You don't, you don't think you'd rather have Ben Simmons in there than Blake Griffin for the magical 10 minutes there? They desperately needed that. They could have had Simmons instead. You don't think they could have had nearly as much of an impact? I think it's possible, but I think the, the risk-reward isn't there of just, like I said, whether you want to say he's not going to play, whether you want to do, like I said, like the Zion thing where he's out indefinitely, and so it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe if he's like feeling amazing all of a sudden. It just seems way easier to just say, we're wiping this clean. Don't come in and play, like you said, What you come in, you play a couple of minutes, and then you find out, no, I'm not in basketball shape because I haven't played basketball in over a year, and now shut it down. I'm just like, just start working on next year. I, I don't think that would have been. I, I just think that was a better situation than what we ended up in right now where they're they're like coddling him too much, right? They, he needs to be the newborn bird just pushed off the cliff and find out if he can fly or not. You know, they need to, we need to find that out, but... They're waiting for this perfect situation that's never going to exist. It, it's never going to happen, all right? He's never going to be in an environment that's going to be totally protective of this, all right? The, the, the things that are bothering him, the, the fragile part of him is, is either going to break or it's going to get tough because this isn't going to work. He's going to have to show up to work at some point. The fact that he's managed to skip this far out and that we're still assuming he's a credible player... It's just hard, man. His credibility is, is is shot. I don't know what he's worth it now. I don't even know what he if you wanted to trade him, what that would even be. I, like, who would want this? You like, you don't know anything. I'm not even sure if you if, if legally you can trade him yet. I, I know sometimes when you when you trade for a guy, there's a there's a certain amount of time before he can get traded again. I I, I haven't. I haven't heard the maybe this the uh, the Nets should trade Ben Simmons, but I'm sure that will come up in the in the off season. Well, all in all, this seems like another team that went all in, making drastic trades and promises and paying unworthy guys just so they could end up with the guys they ended up with. I mean, let's not forget the I'm specifically talking about the DeAndre Jordan signing. I don't know what, what good that was ever going to do them, but they had to do it because that's the only way they were going to get Kyrie and Durant to sign there. And so far, this has been. Not even a close to successful result at all. I mean, they're going to get bounced in the first round here. It's only a matter of how many games. I, I feel like they're going to get swept. I don't know how much it's going to change. If you ask me, Kyrie, he really, his heart really didn't look too much into it the last two games. That's that's kind of just an opinion. I don't really have a whole lot of evidence behind it other than just playing poorly. I can't imagine he wants to go back to Boston for another game. All right, There's, no one's ever come <laughs> back from three zero. You're either a respectable team or nobody really respects you anyways because who cares about this team? Nobody's giving them any leash or leadway on, on, on this. Nobody's going to feel bad for them. So it's just a matter of them losing four or five. I don't think it's going to be a matter. They're going to get torn apart either way. So why not Why not just pack it up tonight? You know, let's just uh, one, two, three Cancun, and uh, we'll let Boston move on their way to maybe play to an injured Milwaukee team. <laughs> I just can't believe we're, we are where we are. I mean, I was uh. – this really feels the, more the, like the a two-seven matchup now, right? With with the way it's the, gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where initially it was, I think it might even it's it definitely at some uh, sports books came out with the the Nets favored. Uh, that kind of settled, and the Celtics were favored, but it wasn't a ton. It, it was closer to a coin flip than what it was looking like now. So I, I agree. Yeah, it definitely feels more like two-seven. Uh, one, one last thing on the Celtics before we uh, move on. We had a guy come back that did play. Rob Williams came back and played. I this, this whole time I was like, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Can't do it. Don't get your hopes up. But yeah, he played. He played 16 minutes. They they said he was going to play and was just kind of a play as much as uh as he feels comfortable with. But I would really like if we could play tonight. He could play right. You know, 16, 20 minutes again. Keep getting his legs underneath him, and we could. Uh, get a sweep and then give him a little more rest to uh, come back. Cause we are definitely going to need him uh, against the honest. It's going to be an all hands on deck situation, but were were you surprised that he actually came back? I don't think he's truly. I mean, all right. So he's playing, he's playing. I didn't think he played very well. 
he, he looked like it was his first playoff game ever, and it might just be a little bit of the injury. It might just be his first game back in a while, and you're getting thrown into such a playoff environment. And you know, I, I know we, we picked on Brooklyn for a while there, but this is still a quality team he's going up against, right? He's trying to stop Kyrie Irving and Durant and playing help on them and switching on them. And as sharp as the the defense is for Boston, if, if you're a step slow, you're you're going to stick out. And I just thought he he kind of stuck out a lot in this one. But the trash talk for me is much more of the day they announced that Ben Simmons was playing four on four. I think the next day they announced that Robert Williams was playing three on three. And I told you, I was like, why does the specifics of who, who they're playing, like they're scrimmaging, like whatever, it's practice. They're, they're playing, they're doing basketball activities. I don't think there's much of a difference between three on three and four on four. But I feel like we strategically said that because we knew this guy was going to recover faster than Ben Simmons. And this was just one more knock to kind of hang up on him where it was like, look, Rob Williams came back from a torn meniscus and was playing three on three the same day Ben was playing four on four, and he's in the lineup. What happened to Ben? Like it, it feels like he should have been a step closer, if anything, and he's not playing. So, I I actually think that was all just a, a big old trash talk that we did. I, I don't. I bet he was playing four on four as well. I bet they were all playing five on five to begin with. I don't understand why they can't get fives. <laughs> like this is. You guys are professional basketball players. I don't, it's like four on four makes it sound like you couldn't get two more guys. <laughs> like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I, I'm happy he's back. I, I don't know how much help he's going to be tonight against Brooklyn, but he he's just got to find. He's just got to be better at defense, man. His head was spinning way too way too much. He was he wasn't in the right spots. He felt a little slow to me. But he he's not the only but injured big man no- out there. Yeah, you're coming off. Yeah, coming off an injury. So, uh, Embiid also has an injury that I I think is is drastically going to affect their outcome too. I, I don't I don't think they're going to be all right against Toronto, but it, it's it's a broken thumb, right? Like that's that's going to drag on. That's not going to heal. He's going to need some sort of surgery or something after, which he will absolutely recover from. It's just more of the timing of it that just couldn't be any worse. Where he's Again, having an incredible season, having a pretty dominant playoff so far. That shot he hit the other day at the buzzer is just insane. Like, how in the world are you ever going to stop that? But, you know, this is this is a critical injury. It's going to put a lot more weight, I think, on Harden and Maxi, who have stepped up to the plate so far. But I'm, I just feel bad for Embiid because he's just having such a hell of a career or a career season right now that, that now right, he's going to battle now, through this. Yeah, now if, he, now if he struggles, understandably, because... <laughs> He's got he's got a busted thumb. It's oh well, d- didn't play so well. Where it's literally he's playing through pain. It's it, it's difficult for him. But that uh that shot he hit for a guard to hit that shot would be wild. But for a center, 0.9 seconds falling away, that was wild. That was a wild shot for for a buzzer beater. How many centers have three point buzzer beaters? I I think I told you after that I don't I remember I can't remember it exactly but it was like Embiid is a massive human being who has footwork like Elijah Wan and and power like Shaq and he just beat everybody by doing a pull up three around a corner a curl screen for the buzzer in point some odd seconds the, the amount of talent on this guy is is ridiculous that that shouldn't be allowed nobody should be able to do everything I just said that they, that's like it should it should be like Giannis where you have like an obvious flaw where you're just like all right he's not, he's not that great at shooting but Man, he's really good at everything else, but he, he is he isn't perfect. You know, when Bede's getting pretty close to perfect, you take out these injuries and man, there's not a whole lot of weaknesses on this guy. It's just an incredible offensive he, performance. He totally bailed out uh Doc Rivers because that play they ran before, they weren't even gonna get a shot off. It it went it went to uh, went 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 to hell. I mean, give, give Doc credit for running <laughs> to the other coach's box to get that timeout to salvage point nine to come up with a play. But beforehand, it, there was a good chance that that was going into double overtime because they uh, didn't have their, their act together and they really didn't run that great of a play at the end of regulation. So it would have been a, a double whammy of what, what are you, what is this end of game? You got to actually run something. You got to get some, you got to get decent shots off you. You have the best player in the series. And then on the other side, now the, uh, the, the Raptors, uh, Fred Van Vliet, he gets hurt last game. He he's he's not playing tonight. Just you know, you mentioned before Milwaukee. Uh, they're 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 a little hobbled. Uh, Chris Middleton. He he's hurt. Just it's just unfortunate. And it's one of those uh, as a Celtics fan. 
we are not a very deep team. If we have an injury, we all of a sudden are looking at, you know, a Luke Cornett or an Aaron Neesmith, and that that team drops off fast. So hoping that we, we, we can stay healthy and really, I mean, I, just, I, want, I want the best players out there. Yeah, I, I there's there's another injury in Phoenix that's kind of critical. I mean, Booker's not playing either, and New Orleans has stepped up. They they played great. I think I, I want to blame a little bit on the injury, but the, the first win they get, Booker goes off for, I think, 30-some-odd points in the first half. Like That's as good of a first half as you're going to have that you should probably win that game, even with him not finishing the whole second half. I, I just... I, I'm really impressed by New Orleans. Brandon Ingram. With rookies, man. Brandon Ingram has arrived. They have two, they have two rookies playing like legitimate minutes. The the Jones kid is uh is is fantastic on defense. Yeah. And the hustle. Herbert, Herbert Jones. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's not scared. He's not even that good at basketball yet. He's gonna get a lot better. But he's he's going out and he's playing. He's just playing. And I I love that, especially because the amount of time we spend talking about guys who don't want to play or don't look like they want to play out there. It's guys like that, that I want out there. That's, that's fun to watch. That's being clearly is being effective. I, I this team is, is, is very interesting in Phoenix who I, I think is so steady and so reliable, but maybe not the, I still don't think they have the biggest punch of all the teams out there. I just think that they're a very safe bet and they, they're truly capable of playing like a re- really consistent winning style of basketball. But, I, I I think there's a bit of a wild card for Carl wild card factor for New Orleans right now, and Brandon Ingram may be the best player in the series right now. So, you know, that, now, that gives I, him a chance. It was a uh, it, it it was a late start. It was a it was a school night, so uh, I I didn't get to watch really really any of this game. I I see the final score. Uh, I, I look look at the box score. I saw some highlights of of Ingram. You know. <laughs> One of one of uh one of one of the Duke guys, so definitely saw all sorts of all sorts of good stuff about about him. But was it this sort of blowout the whole game? Did it happen at, at the very end? What what kind of what was the feel of the game? It it's it's a game of runs as normal. You know, it just felt like that they'd put a couple runs together and it they never really had a a chance to look back. But it's more of just. I don't know how many playoff games Brandon Ingram has truly played in, but he looks like he's played in a lot now in the way he's playing. The same way that Tatum looks comfortable out there and is recognizing certain moments that he has to score and other moments of playing within the team. And at, at some point, it doesn't even become decisions. It just becomes a flow. Like, you, you don't you don't even think twice about it. It's an instinct. And, and they're both kind of doing that right now. And that is a very, very dangerous game to try and stop and defend. They're, they're both in a very good rhythm right now. I, mean, I hate to kind of compare them two of them, but that the way that they're driving to the basket and kind of forcing the issue, it, it's going to be really hard to stop these guys. They're really long. They're really strong. The, the ability to dribble and penetrate the, at their size, it's really hard to defend. And not, not even the factoring in the jump shot part. They, they make a lot now, of... Now, is, is this just a, hey, Suns have an injury. They're figuring out. How how to respond? They've been playing on the road. This is kind of cute, but you next week we're gonna look back and you know Suns are gonna gonna blow them out the next two games. Or do you think you know in a week it could be this could be like a legitimate upset because this would be a major upset even even with uh, Booker being injured. I don't think anybody would would have expected this. I feel like what you just described is Minnesota Memphis, where Minnesota is being a little cute with it and they probably get blown out the next two games. This one feels okay. real though. I mean, that one could easily go that way, just out of inconsistency of some two really, really young teams. I, I don't know who's out coaching who at this point. It's somehow the craziness has somehow benefited a 2-2 series over there. That, that That's a wild series of unpredictable young, young talent. This one, if I was betting on the, the steadier hand, I just feel like New Orleans can deliver a, the bigger blow the next two games that... I, I just think Ingram can win you one game, and then now you only got to win one more, and you might have two shots at it. So... I, I, I like I like their odds over there. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna need a big Chris Paul game, which you might be able to get. But I also think being able to factor a New Orleans team making an entire game plan around slowing down Chris Paul and not slowing down Chris Paul, Booker, and Aiton, where you're able to really focus on him a lot more and put pressure on other guys. I mean, they that could turn they could turn the tables and do the the same thing to New Orleans. They just haven't done that yet, and I think. There's a better chance of them being able to slow down Chris Paul than anyone slowing down Ingram. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is what I've seen the, the past two games. <laughs> like the next two games, if they suddenly look like a an eight seed all over again, a bubble team, 
I, I I'll look I'll feel I'll feel ridiculous, but they they really looked good the last two games. Like I I'm not just saying that they played good basketball. Versus I feel like when Minnesota won their games, it had a lot more to do with Memphis just giving them bad bad basketball turnovers and giving them opportunities they didn't need and some some maybe lucky breaks for for Minnesota. I I, I just I'm not really sold on Minnesota. I, they're they're the one team I I. I can't look away from but every time I look it's like I gotta squint my eyes a little bit it's like a very cringy team to watch play basketball uh well the last thing on the uh on the Pelicans before we make the the transition is they're doing this and they have a, a once in a generation talent on the bench like could possibly come back probably won't but it'll be back next year just imagine Zion in with this team. It's incredibly exciting. I love the CJ thing. I just hope everyone's able to just kind of stay healthy. I mean, how many good years do you think CJ has left? Because I think this point guard style he's playing now, he just added like five more years to his career. Like maybe he's he's not a B scorer anymore. He he could be the third option scorer and and and, and be the point guard and be the playmaker, run run the pick and rolls. I think I think he can do that. Especially with weapons like Ingram and possibly Zion eventually. Like that's that's a that's a nice team that that, that makes sense to me. I, I don't know. I, I'd be very fascinated to see what Zion looks out there. I, I tell you what, if, if I'm Phoenix, that's one wild card. I don't think you want. I don't think you want to find that out, even if it doesn't go well. I don't think you want to find Ooh. out at all. The energy alone of that guy stepping on the court for one more home game, the, the only home game they have potentially left would be outrageous. <laughs> the energy. One Zion it, attempt. He's- He's he's been he's been warming up ahead of time and the the, the bounce is there. Uh, you know I'm not in the in the medical meetings and I don't know exactly what the what the team is waiting for what what they need to see to to, to trust it and you know I I, I don't want to contradict myself on all the things I said about Ben Simmons but the last time we saw Ben Simmons he he, he didn't look right. Last time we saw Zion. I mean, anytime Zion's out there, it's fun. You just don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's uh, similar to watching some of these other uh, young superstars. It's just, well, if we can get them out here, I, I want, I want to see it. And I agree. And the longer the series goes, I guess the the better chance, right? I mean, it might just go from one percent to one point five percent, but it's a, it's a little bit, a little better chance. I I just think if you're looking for a repeat performance out of New Orleans, it's it's doable. I do have uh, some breaking news right now. I don't know if you, you just got this ESPN alert as well, but uh, the most improved player of the year has been announced. Any guesses on who you think it was? Uh, I have TNT on, so I saw it. So I was also, that was, uh, as we were transitioning, that's how I was going to, I was going to jump in, but you, you can go ahead and announce. I think this is, I don't think this is fair. I think they got this wrong. I think this have the discussion right now where I think there's a certain talent level you have to be to win this award. And I think he surpassed it last year, which like disqualified him from winning it this year. John Morant won. And I, I, I hate to pick on him like this. Like it's just, was he an all-star last year or at least he got some votes? Like, I don't think you should be, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's fine. I just think that there, there's bigger leaps for this award to truly mean most improved to me. And, I'm not saying he didn't make a big leap. I just I'd rather see the guy that was barely coming off the bench suddenly become a starter or a sixth man, be the the most improved player rather than somebody who was a pretty good starter and just played another year in the NBA as a number two drafted overall pick and became this full potential of a number two number overall pick. Like I I don't know why we're rewarding that if you ask me, but uh, that's that's just one thought. I I don't know if you're gonna agree with this or not, but who 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 would you have given it to? Or are you kind of on board with this? The, the this award is the trickiest because it's like, well, what does most improved mean? It, it could it be uh, Jordan Poole because last year he was playing for the G League and now he's an actual bona fide weapon for the Warriors. Or is it? I guess I guess this year you can't go with it, but it's like if because uh, it sure looks like Jokic is going to win the MVP. But if you went from you are not an MVP to now you are an MVP. Wouldn't that also be argument for you are the most improved? So it's such a such an open ended one. I, I don't mind. I like John Morant. I'm always excited when uh, when he's out there on the court. He's uh, similar to uh, Zion, where he's gonna do some flashy things. And I, I like watching watching basketball players do flashy things. So 
I, I get where you're coming from, but I'm not going to argue with it too much and try to give it to, to somebody else. But I th- think if you're in his level, he's kind of thinking more MVP, all NBA, and a little less on this uh, most improved award. I don't know what the line of demarcation is of, of are you a good enough player to qualify for this or are you not good enough of a resulted player to, to win the award either? I mean, you know, we could we could say like Daniel Tice was a most improved player if you want to really go back at it. I'm sure there's one year where it was like, oh, he was not even playing to now he's playing for the Celtics in their in the Western yeah, right? Conference Finals. It's like, well, well, that's 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 a huge turnaround. Like that's way more of an improvement. That alone, that example alone is far more of an improvement than what John Morant made from last year to this year, as well as the expectation of all this, I think, has to factor in a little bit. So. Like, like Jaw was really good last year, and he got really, really good this year, but that's why he went number two overall. So it, it's almost like here's the trophy you, were, you got because you were supposed to get this. Like, that doesn't seem – that just doesn't add up right with me. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on this. And, then, and I love Jaw Morant. It's, it's one of those things. Is it really a really big deal? Can you name last year's most improved player? Can you name any of the past ten most improved players? No, but I do think this award is an, is an opportunity to maybe – should put a little bit of shine on some players that aren't getting the shine. If, if, if you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if that's not really what the award's about. I just feel like that's an opportunity for this award to do. We could be adding to the, the names of players that we, we now know and follow. And this was really, wasn't an addition. Everyone kind of already knew who he was. Is, is much more of my argument. All right. We're, we're trying to grow the game here. The, one of the advantages is we have so many good players right now. Look at all these playoff teams. There's a good player, maybe two players almost on every single team. I wonder if it has to be almost a uh, uh, not not an age limit, but a a seasons limit. Like you have to have played five seasons before you can win this award. Because before that, you're of course going to improve leaps and bounds as before, like what you were compared to last year. All right, so let me ask you this then: Would you have voted for? Were you more likely to vote for like? Let's follow those rules. All right, let's let's do this. Let's let's take Jaw out of this. Would you be more likely to vote for a Jordan Poole or maybe a Demar Derozan this year? Because DeRozan goes from being one of the worst traded offseason moves of being very scrutinized for that and, and not being worth it of all that, of having an okay season in San Antonio, to then, you know, midway through the year, we're, we're hearing MVP talk. I mean, I, I think I had some people having at the top MVP ranking at one point, and I know it kind of fizzles out a little bit here, but that's not who DeMar DeRozan was last year. That This is a big leap after the, the, the peak of DeMar DeRozan, even in Toronto, is that not the most improved player? Like, do you see what I mean? Where it's like, how low do you have to be last year to how high you are now? Like, is it the biggest leap or is it, I, I, I don't yeah. know what the ward truly defines as. Yeah. It's pretty much a, a gray area. So, oh. you know, the, the, the nominees were uh, DeJounte Murray, John Morant and Darius Garland. So John Morant and Garland are kind of in that young category where DeJounte is the only one that's like a little bit older. Yeah, I I need I need more I need more definitions on this one. That's I guess that's all I'm asking for. I'm never gonna get it. It's never gonna make me happy entirely. But I just this guy was already gonna win a bunch of awards. I just don't think he was the one to give it to. But that's that's just my two cents. It's 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 fine. I I can live with it. It's not like he's a bad guy. I I do think that the reason they're two 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 in the series right now is because he has struggled. But that's that's a whole other thing. Uh. We got about what seventeen minutes left in the podcast here. I I want to get into some football talk. Was there anything else you want to talk about for the NBA before we move on? Uh, just man, Carl Anthony Towns. He's he's got to figure it out. You you have that big of a lead and you only take four shots. I mean, you're kind of getting into that Ben Simmons category of you're too good of a player to not be taking the shots. And I get it. There's flow, and this was one game where with Simmons it was it kind of was turning into a pattern. But Carl Anthony Towns is a good enough player that there's got to be some sort of, like, your your team is struggling, your coach is not calling timeout, and I know you're a big man, so it's a little more difficult, but just some sort of, like, I'm getting to the post, I'm getting to my best spot, we're doing a switch, whatever we need to do, and I am scoring this ball. Nothing is stopping me from scoring this ball. Like, uh, you're going to have to follow me. And you just absolutely forced the issue. And uh, I'm hoping, because he already kind of had that struggle in the playing game, so there's just the well, what's 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 going on here? Uh, hope the the series goes seven. I don't know about you, but pretty much the the, the Celtics series, I, I want uh, a sweep from the Celtics as quickly as possible. But all the other series, I uh, tend to root for the team that's that that's losing to uh, you know maximize the the most amount of basketball, the most game seven is most fun. I I I don't know. I don't want it. 
just Towns is just such a predictably soft player. His energy seems so fake and fabricated that he's just trying to prove everyone that he's not what he is. And it's just just be who you are. It's fine. Nobody's gonna have a problem with it. He just seems like he's such a impersonator and an imposter of, of what what we we're trying to force him to be. And I just I hate the over effort on it. He's trying way too hard to please everybody. He needs to just go out there and play basketball. And you say he's trying too too hard. It's just there's these. On, on defense, it's just these these bad fouls. He's trying it, too it, hard. It's almost like a it's almost like a like a, like a college player where if you have to get set in an NBA game because you have too many fouls, like that that rarely happens, especially for superstars. This is the whole thing is superstar superstar calls, and yeah, just and yeah, just like bad. They like say like college type ones of you know it's an offensive rebound and you go too aggressively where it's like you weren't even close to getting the ball. Like what what, what are you doing? He just he plays the victim very well on on himself. He brings it all on on himself. I really don't have a lot of sympathy for him. I think he's a fully capable player, but man, there's something between the ears that just doesn't really add up. He has a a really weak basketball IQ that I think is is this this just weak predictability of it that if you push him in the right spots that you'll you'll overcome and he'll never challenge you back. And then when he does challenge you, it just seems like he he goes on. <laughs> Like a th- like, oh, he just is just too much effort. He gets too out of control, trying to do too much. That he he just doesn't know how to play within his own game, and his his own game is really good. I don't know why he has to push outside of that and be forceful of certain things, whether it's forcing up jump shots, force like really trying to prove to everyone that he's a good three point shooter by jacking up a lot of threes and kind of forgetting that he has a size advantage. I don't understand how he's a poor rebounder and a poor defender at the same time, being the size and the athletic ability he has. It just doesn't add up for me that I have. I, I have a lot of problems with him, and this team is really good too. If anything, they've actually played really well without him, and and I actually think they're going to play better without him going forward. If if there is anything to go forward to, but I, I think Memphis is going to clean up that series and probably win the next two games. I don't think that goes seven, uh, but I'm with you, man. Towns is a frustrating player o- outside of these playoffs. I've really enjoyed watching every single team. Every single team has had at least glimpses of like, whoa, all right, yeah, this is cool. I don't know what this turns into next year, but there's something here. This isn't a team that needs to really, you know, let's just uh, ball up this paper and throw it out. You know, this I don't think anyone's really scrapping what they got going on. I think every single team in the playoffs is going to try and come back and be better next year. And that's really exciting because I don't think we've been able to say that in past years. Like, what team do you it's think been, needs, uh, a, needs a true rebuild? It's been interesting. The, uh, the Nets are the only team that hasn't won a game. <laughs> they would have definitely not been a team I would have guessed. And I think like, if I had ranked them, I think I, the Nets would have been, I don't know if uh, we're going the top or the bottom, but would have been one of the teams that would have thought, oh, no, well, they're for sure at least going to win one game. And, and they very much could, could win tonight, but all the other teams have won at least one game. Man, and I I know I picked what them was, as What was the question you're gonna, you're, you're, you're going to you're going to ask me for? I rudely interrupted you. I, I I forgot it, man. I I'm producing the own show in my head right now. I can't I can't ask and go back to the cue card on that. <laughs> that one, we shifted. <laughs> uh, let's just let's just move on here and uh, talk some NFL trades. Which I swear the NFL is is playing the perfect off season game right now. I don't know how you can keep us constantly investing to this sport in such a worthless point in time where none of this matters except all of it matters. Debo Samuels has asked for a trade, and this is this is another one that's going to shake the whole NFL movement here. Where I don't know where he ends up. I don't know if they actually end up trading him. I wouldn't trade him, but I also don't think I would keep him if I wasn't willing to make some changes with this team so that I could please him in some ways of getting a better quarter qualified quarterback position or getting something to make him feel better about that position. I, I think the whole running back wide receiver thing is also a little confusing where I don't know if he's getting ripped off or or taking advantage of the situation I, I i don't know who's winning that i i don't think he gets moved though like do you think he's gonna get moved you think this is just a leverage play saying i, I it just seems like it immediately came out he's asking he's, he's requesting a trade not a and i think the first move would be hey i want to restructure my deal i'm playing two positions i'm the best guy on the team i'm getting underpaid and you go that route and then you go to the trade so I had to. I'd have to imagine if he had gone that route and that kept got kept quiet, that by this point, somebody on the team side would have would have leaked that out, saying, "Hey, uh, he, you know, he wanted more money. We said we wouldn't give it to him because right now the team doesn't look great. Of why? Why does this guy want to trade? I, I don't understand that. Do you think it's about the money? Oh, is it always? 
It, it normally is. It really normally is. But I, it, it, this may be one of those situations. It's happened before. It's happening in a lot more in the other sports than it ever does in this one. But maybe he wants out just because he knows he had a Super Bowl chance. And it may be a long time before he gets another one there. And I don't think that's entirely true. I do think that there's some fixable things for this team to still be really competitive. I think they're in a really tough division. But, you know, that I don't think that's ever going to get any easier. I don't know why you would you know throw out a year just because of something like that. I, I just I don't know who the quarterback is out there, but I, you got to just think that there's some other opportunity this team could have if it just had a little bit of an upgrade. Like not doesn't need to be that drastic of an upgrade, but a little bit of an upgrade that they could just give this guy a little bit more hope. The one thing I will say is that Samuels, if you ask me, being able to play both these positions, he's the only guy in the in the league that truly doesn't need a good quarterback. Like I think you just get him the ball and just let him go. You know, we run screens, we do like little short outs, just just get the ball in his hands. You know, uh, double reverses in the backfield. So I don't know if he's just tired of doing all that and maybe wants to be more traditional wide receiver. But I, I just feel like he's he's wasting a lot of the weapons he has if if he does go that route. But you know. It wants to be hit like a running back all, all that time either. You know, I don't blame anyone for, for trying to avoid. But doesn't that seem like hits. a conversation that you, you, you have with the team before you just up and trade? Like, like you mentioned, that it's a team that went, was going into the fourth quarter winning with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. That, that, that's a stone's throw away from making the Super Bowl. And who knows once you get there. I think you could also argue if they had just given him the ball more, they 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 probably could have won last year. They they really could have had a, a chance to to get it. They they kind of fell off of him, uh, feeding him the ball a little bit in the second half there. So again, like I said, it's a fixable thing. And and football's weird where I I don't know if if a team like this feels like they're a year past where they had their opportunity, or if they're just trying to recap a year that they should really be scrapping right now. I don't I don't know. I don't know if this is a rebuild year for them. If they're going to treat it that way, yeah, I think he should be. Yeah, I think it's fair for him to ask for a trade. I, but I don't know, I don't know what makes him think that this is as it can absolutely be a rebuild year over there, as well as that he'll be better off with. I, I hate to even mention the teams that, is, that sound interesting. Like he's, he really thinks he'd be better off with like the Jets. Like he, he's that this is going to make him well, happier. That's, that's what I'm confused. I feel like you've mentioned two things: of he's not getting the ball enough, and he's getting hit too much. It's like, well, it, it's one or the other. You're gonna hit. You're gonna get hit a lot more for the New York Jets, but they're like, oh, so we only got to guard one guy. Uh, let's, let's circle Samuels and uh, I, maybe before start anyone else on the team to beat us. I, I don't know why he feels like that's a better opportunity as well. As, who's throwing him is, the ball over there? Is is that the, the the rumor right now? No, I just feel like the Jets are. I, I've heard he he asked for he asked for a trade, and then I haven't really heard any any teams or anything, and figured you know, if I'm them, it's like, hey. What can we do to reel this back in? What what does it upset you? What can we do to fix this? And then maybe you know the, the the draft is this Thursday, and something something could happen then. If if the NFL continues to go with this NBA style off season, you know that in the NBA that's when big trades will go down is you know on on, on draft night. So we don't see that too much in the NFL. It's usually more of a moving around in the draft, but maybe maybe that's the change. All right, so are we at least both on the same page agreeing that Samuels is worth – I'd rather have Samuels than, than a gamble on any draft pick because I think the consensus across the league right now is that some of these guys, especially specifically running backs, are absolutely not worth paying because there's so many more available every year in the draft. And I think wide receivers become a, a huge you know, depth on, on that, that position where I don't know if it's always justified paying certain guys, but I think there's certain guys that are at least on a certain level – that you you just it's not worth taking the gamble. This guy's at least this good. You gotta pay him. I think Samuels is that good. You gotta pay him. Are, are you are you think he's on that level? He sure looks that way, especially with his utility of being able to play both positions. And I, I haven't heard anything saying that he doesn't want to do that. I can easily see saying, "Hey, I know that running backs don't play in the league as long as wide receivers. So I would like to be less of a running back." get a running back for the team and I will just play wide receiver. You know how every other wide receiver does it. Or maybe he does enjoy playing a whole bunch, but look, they had an unfair amount of injuries at running back, specifically that position last year. I mean, they probably had five qualified guys that most teams would have been pleased to have. And I think all five of them were hurt simultaneously at one point and then, you know, on and off the field the rest of the season. 
I, yeah, that's he's, he's under contract for this year. So yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear more information to figure out what exactly the, the situation is because normally when this happens, there's been a buildup. There's been a buildup of it with Harden. There was always a buildup. Some of the other guys, he, okay, you can see it headed this direction. But this came out of nowhere. I mean, maybe we're not really plugged in on 49ers football, but I, I was really surprised when I saw that news come out. All right, well, they, they did the whole, I, I don't know if you've caught on to this, where they, they, they scrub their, their Instagram and their, their social media and they take away any pictures of, of them supporting or wearing any of the team stuff. They just erase all of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was... That happened first, allegedly, and then shortly after the the trade request ha- came out. But I assumed that was a contract negotiation, much like I think any other player would say, be like, "Oh, well, I'll just get rid of everything. I can go sign, you know, deal with something else somewhere else." And mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know if I, do you like the the social media cleanup though? Is that is that is that really that much of a negotiation? The leverage move. Uh, I deleted some pictures. I, Please pay me more money. I, I, I think that's just where where we've gone and that's just the signal the signal to the world of hey um i'm done here here's a little hint without me going and making a press conference but i i i feel like i see that all the time is that is that you know, good though? the nba but that's the oh well did you see this guy got rid of all of his team stuff it's like oh, okay so either he got you know he's getting traded early but, well he wants out for sure is that good though that you could just you know go up to the top of the rooftop and shine the bat signal out to let everyone know that you're unhappy and the whole mob of Twitter can you know reunite around the news and get excited that their team may get may have an opportunity to trade for him and all the other teams can argue on why they need to keep him and that how now now everyone hates the the the, the GM and the coach and everyone else for for making this player upset like this just seems it just seems very counterproductive to, to to nothing here. I don't I don't know, but if you're the NFL, you love it because we're talking about it and we care about it, and it is really going to make a, a and it's difference. It's not even the draft, and it's April. It's going to really make a difference on a team. I think that's the the craziest part about all of this. Uh, but let's let's uh let's wrap everything up here. We got about three minutes left on the show. Uh, why don't you update us on Nazir Cunningham? So Nazir Cunningham is the number one ranked college basketball player for the class of 2024 so definitely a little bit out there not often that we're talking about this uh kind of kind of person with it you know being two two classes away so he's not gonna not gonna be playing in college for a while and may not be playing college at all he signed with the overtime elite now the overtime elite is the professional high school league but one of the weird things that he is doing is he's keeping his college eligibility well, wait, you're saying, how can you join a professional league and keep your college eligibility? He is the first overtime elite player to forego a salary. So he's going to be playing with other high school age players, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds that will be making money, but he will not be making money. This is by far the highest ranked guy that the overtime elite league has gotten. Uh, I haven't watched any of the uh, any of the games yet, but definitely makes things interesting for for college. It seems like he is still very much much interested in going to college, so I'm just not really sure why he would go play in a professional high school league, but not get paid, and then go to college. I don't know why he's not going more the hey I want to be a professional, I want to make money, I'm going to go to overtime elite, pay me, then I will go to the G League Ignite pay me and then i will go to the league pay me well he doesn't have an opportunity to make money in college now no he can still do the name image and likeness yeah. but he won't make any money the, the the next two years okay all right so that that's with it i, I just I, don't, I i'm so confused on why people are so upset about all of this because it feels like we've given everyone every opportunity in the world to go whatever direction they want and it it just seems like it's it's overcomplicated if you ask me all right we, we you have options. If you're not happy with them, I don't know what to tell you. That's kind of how I feel about all of it. But uh, interesting news nonetheless. It's funny how the, there's still news around this, even though we've given everyone everyone they want. So uh, hopefully we gave you all you wanted on this podcast. Uh, and the Celtics give the Nets everything they got tonight to get that broom out there. I don't know if you can hear that uh, cleaning the floor out there, a little, little broom sweep. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you as always for listening. Follow us on our Facebook, uh, Little Column A, Little Column B. 
on Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. We'll be back next week. Column A, little column B.